podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match! Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Another intriguing day's play at Royal Pindi, which has left the match situation with Pakistan requiring another 263 runs to win. Uh, they're 80 for two in their second innings. But Azhar Ali uh, had an injured finger as well. So you could say potentially they're two and a half down, I suppose, uh, wickets-wise. And how many overs left? Well, probably 75, maybe 80. Simon Mann, you can be better place to assess what prospects England have of getting a full day's playing tomorrow given sort of mist in the morning and darkness in the evening how do you see the the match situation well I, I think we'll get the same amount of play as we've had on the previous four days I suppose it just depends whether England want to bowl more overs it's, you know, it's up to them to get the over eight moving isn't it if you want to bowl uh, the 90 overs available in the day I think they'll struggle to get 90 overs in the day you're looking at you know, pro- probably something in the region of 80 overs so another 263 in 80 overs what's that? It's about three and a half runs per over, which is not particularly difficult on this surface. And it's not easy to get batters out if they're not playing ex- extravagant shots. So I, I think all four results are possible going into this final day. And I don't see England as clear favourites. I think Pakistan have got a definite chance in this match, the way Imam and, and Shaquille batted this evening. It, I mean, it does, it does mean it's going to be a, a really interesting last day. I mean, there's quite a lot of pessimism here among the talk about some of the Pakistani fraternity. Oh, you know, our team's not very really good. England have played all the cricket in this game. And they sort of have in a way. Although Pakistan have really, you know, they, Pakistan really dug in in their first innings. They scored, they scored 579, albeit in a slightly different way. So anyway, brilliant, brilliant last day. Um, and you know, no one knows what's going to happen, do they? I mean, we, th- we think we're gonna, uh, we can make our predictions. We've got our hunches. No one knows what's going to happen. But I, I do think Pakistan are in this game. I really do. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, well done to both sides for their enterprise generally. England obviously setting the tone with that breathtaking breakneck first innings and then Pakistan following up uh, with an excellent performance of their own, as you say, to get 579. So honours almost even in that first innings, but England have created that extra time that enables a possibility of a positive result. So, do you think Pakistan can chase 342? Well, I just think there two things are not in their favour. One is obviously the injury to Azhar Ali, uh, and the fact that Babar Azam is also back in the pavilion. But also, yeah. I just feel they're very weak lower down the order, mm. especially from eight onwards. They are basically four number 11s. So, I think England have a massive chance if they can get those first six wickets, and they've got two already. So, really. They only need to take another four wickets, and one of those will be Azar Ali, who is maybe not fully fit. So, actually, you could look at it, we only need three wickets. And I think the way England are approaching it as well, just the way they've bowled, the field set, the way they have, it's just challenging Pakistan and taking the game to a different dimension, a different dynamic, really, which probably a lot of Pakistan batsmen haven't been used to. I just think England's imagination has been fantastic. And in a way, they deserve to win because they've been so enterprising. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think they have made the running in this game and, and they, they've played the exciting cricket in Pakistan in their first innings. They, they play traditional cricket, really. Although, you know, you're under a lot of pressure, aren't you? When an opposition goes out and smashes 657 in 100 overs, there's a danger you're going to wilt. But Pakistan didn't do that. They're used to these sorts of pitches. They're used to these conditions. They're used to facing big scores, actually. It's, it's part of the game here. And so they, they made England work damn hard for those 10 wickets. Even this morning, they made them work hard. They scored another 80 runs for the last three wickets. It, it, England didn't get frustrated, but there were, there were passages where you thought, how are they going to get them? It, you know, it, it just looked hard to dislodge players who did not want to get out. And, and Mahmood, the leg spinner, you know, really dug in. He, you know, he's, not, he's not a great player, but he showed the sort of attitude that you need to survive on this pitch if you're sort of battling for a, a draw and it you know it might well be you know we said they got four number 11s it might well be you know the, the tail is not absolutely useless so if Pakistan can get close-ish you know a bit of support from the tail with a batter further up the order then, then you know Pakistan you know, could still get over the line what I, I don't, what I don't see I think is England winning this game by you know 130 runs or anything like that I feel you know, if England are going to win this game it feels as though it might be might be quite tight and you know and and based on squeezing that lower order you know who, who do uh, wilt under the pressure uh, I, I what I noticed was the, the the relative ease with which Shaquille and Imam survived until the close and Imam's you know he's got 300s on this ground his last three innings you feel what well, he's due a failure then but he looks nice and confident Shaquille looked pretty secure and actually looked secure in the first innings until he played a, a slightly out of character wafty shot outside the off stump but it, there is the pressure isn't there Yoz I mean, of, of chasing on the final day or trying to win on the final day and you have been under the pump for most of the game England have, have dominated the game uh, as you say I mean, you, you clearly think that England are in you know a, a sort of the big box seat uh, going into well, the final day I mean obviously they haven't got a, a Nathan Lyon or uh, uh, I don't know a, a an Anil Kumble or you know, even a Ravi Jadeja, really, who can, or a Ravi Ashwin, who can really exploit a fifth-day pitch. There's nothing much in the pitch anyway, so it is going to be hard work. It's not just a case of thinking there's six unplayable or eight unplayable deliveries out there. There definitely aren't. But I just think the way England are approaching it, uh, they're, they're, they're trying to conjure wickets in much more imaginative ways than I've seen England players in the past. They haven't really got the front-line bowlers necessarily to back that up, well, certainly in the spin department, but they are trying their best. And I, I love the way today that Stokes set very close fielders to Jack Leach and said to Shaquille, go on, they need it over the top, with almost a schoolboy field, very close in, sort of on the square, as it were. Nobody pushed back and the batsman took, took the option of, of hitting it over the top. In a way, I can see Stokes' sort of mentality is, oh, have a go then, and if it doesn't come off for, for England, well, it will in a bit. You know, he's got that kind of positive, confident, um, almost, uh, in, not invincible mentality, but he just, I think he just, he's so um, convinced that things will work, that they try, and it's sort of contagious. And one example was the, the the ploy they tried tonight with the ball, and uh, I, I sort of it, it, you know it was bouncer tactics. So they've given up the idea, which I was almost calling for in the first innings. They've given up the idea of bowling with a slip and a gully and trying to swing it and make it seem even with a brand new ball. No, it just goes straight to short pitch bowling, barely a slip in sight, 
and men on the boundary. And although it's a pitch where you have to absolutely flog your guts out to get anything out of it and to get it up high it still arrives at different heights and different paces and different batsmen have uh, different ways of approaching that sort of uh, attack as well some will duck some will weave some will go for the hook it's not a very easy pitch to duck on because the ball doesn't get up very high so you almost have to stand up and play it or play the pull shot and that is it has its element of risk uh, as we saw with Abdullah Shafiq, who got got out pulling and caught in the deep, yep. and also Babar Azam, who tried to stand up and play it, and got a bottom edge and caught behind. Good catch. So it does show that the, 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 that that method of a, attack, even on a very slow dead pitch, can have results. It does mean the batsmen have to make decisions: should I hook? Should I duck? Should I weave? Should I fend it off? And you don't have much time to decide. Of course, it, 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 it's resonant of those great West Indies sides of the 1980s. You had four men who could all do that type of bowling. And it, 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 it ball coming at different heights at different paces with very little scoring option. Um, it does make it pretty tough. Yeah, and it was a, it was a tactic that worked, as you said. The, the two wickets, the fell, they they basically said it, it what we tried in the first thing doesn't really work here bowling that off top of off stump line. Apparently, Joe Root was involved in in the, in the suggestion uh, with the with the coaching staff, and Paul Collins would say that afterwards. Um, and and they went for it, and it, it, they they went for it. I think after the first ball of the innings, and it was it was really interesting. They bowled the first ball, Robinson, and then everyone went back and we thought, what, what's happening here? This is a strange tactic. But yeah, and, and I, I think the way England approached this match has been you know, really commendable. You know, it, attacking, aggressive, lots of uh, different options, and, and that option today is different. But you can totally understand why they they went for it. And you've just explained there, and you know, how it can work. You know, coming off at, at different heights. The only thing I would say is, if you are going to do that, you and, and batters are sometimes going to duck, sometimes take it on. You, I wonder whether you just need a few more runs. And, and England could have scored a few more runs. They could have delayed the declaration by another 20 minutes, scored another 20 or 30. I don't know. Cause I, what, I, what I feel is, is because England really attacked uh, this evening, they, they leaked runs. They went at four runs and over. Well, if Pakistan score at four runs and over, they'll win well inside the distance tomorrow as long as they keep their wickets intact. So if you are going to be ultra-aggressive, ultra-attacking, do you just need a few more runs in the bank uh, to play with and just make that target a little bit harder? I mean, England will say, well, you know, we, we've come to entertain. And that's what Paul Collingwood said afterwards. And Brendan McCullum said, well, you know, if we're going to risk losing to win the game. It, it just feels, I don't know, it, 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 I think when you've watched a lot of Test cricket, which we both have over the years, we've watched, you know, years and years of it. And it, it, it does take a bit of getting used to, doesn't it? This idea that you dominate a game you score so quickly, score 650, and then you give the opposition the chance to win. And I can I can sort of see why you would do it on this pitch because you you've got to get you've got to get uh, the opposition sort of open-minded to playing a few shots because it's not easy to get them out. You won't just bowl them out. If Pakistan wanted to block for a draw, I think they could have done it. So you've got to get them playing some shots. But if you're going to bowl this short pitch tactic, then if you just have a few more runs in the bank, then you've got a, you've just got a bit more latitude to do that for a bit longer. And also you can attack with the spinners as well. You know you can have the fields up. Go on, hit me over the top like you just you mentioned with with Jack Leach. Anyway, so to me it would seem a, a shame if England lost this game because of the way they played. You say. I mean, Pakistan will have to play well. But it would seem a shame to lose when you've dominated the game and played all the cricket and showed all the, you know, 
tactical ingenuity. Yeah, I, I think that you can look at it that way. I would look at it another way, uh, and I think it's the way that Stokes and McCullum look at it, and that is, this is a gesture to test cricket as a whole. Yeah. It's not just about winning one game or even winning one series. It's about a message. It's about a philosophy. It's about a brand, a brand of the game, which has been at times criticised for negative play, for bad light going off the field, for perhaps a time preparing pitches which are too suitable to the home side. You know, all sorts of things uh, for the World Test Championship, which is extremely confusing and therefore maybe put some people off. The, you know, the, the knockout tournaments, whether it's the T20 or the 50-over cricket uh, tournaments, are more easy to understand, in a way, than the World Test Championship. And yeah. people haven't got the time to, to devote to watching a Test match or following the path of a Test series, etc. Et so I think what they're trying to do here, and this is what Stokes has done with his own career, in a way, as well, by absolutely earmarking Test cricket as his big focus and encouraging other players to do the same... And I heard Joss Butler saying exactly that in the Sky um, Studio the other day that you know Stokes has put his you know thrown all his kind of uh, lots in lot in with Test cricket, and that is a very infectious and, and influential thing to do, and it's persuading other players to do the same. So it's it's transmitting a message that we can make Test cricket entertaining. Use you use that word, they use that word, and that's really important. And look at the response from the Pakistanis today. I mean, that, that was a... Uh, well, tell me if I'm wrong, but that looked a big crowd today mm. at Royal Pindi. And, it, you know, people talk about Test cricket dying and crowds being poor and so on. Well, that's not the evidence of this series so far, though early days. And that's partly due to England's enterprising approach. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I wonder whether it's also to do with the big crowds in, in Ralpini. They have been good. Is whether it's to do with the fact there hasn't been any test cricket or much test cricket in Pakistan for 17 years and England are, are coming back to play here. We'll see what the crowds are like in, in Multan and, and Karachi. So I think, I think that's a, to me, that seems like a stronger element. Anyway, and Pakistan have got some star players that they like to come out and watch, like Barbara Zam. And actually, when Barbara Zam was out this evening... Uh, you know, a few people went home. Not everybody, but a, a few people went home. So I think that there's the factor as well. But yeah, I definitely agree that uh, it, the way England are playing Test cricket is utterly beguiling. And there was a you know, fan, fascinating summer uh, last summer. But you can still play entertaining cricket. And England have in this game. They've made all the running. They really have. But it doesn't mean to say that you then just say, OK, well... Um, I don't know, make it e slightly easier for the opposition to win. I, I, I suppose it's just a, it's so much ingrained in us that you that, that yeah. international sport is about is about winning. It is about entertaining, and I agree. But you can entertain and win, um, and it just to me the declaration just felt a, a little bit too generous. That was that, that was my own feeling. And well, okay, if England win tomorrow, uh, fine, okay, I'll say I'm what? wrong. But, if Paki so but if Paki what, the I thing is, if Pakistan win tomorrow, they'll say, well, you know, we 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 uh, risk uh, losing to win. You know, it's just the way we play. Well, that's so you, all you, right. You sort of that's but that's okay. I think that's a good message to transmit. We risk losing they, to win. But they and played okay. in an entertaining way lose. already. They've played. They yeah, have no, they played have, entertaining but, cricket. But so but, why just give the, the game away? Well, the, but the whole point of playing entertaining cricket is A, to get people interested and B, to create a result at the end of the game. And, you know, in a way, all right, if you lose, 
then it's it's upsetting, but it's not the end of the world. There are two tests to go. They can carry on playing this way. And I think the more often they play this way, the more often they will win, as was shown in the summer. Uh, and one other thing just to say uh, about the declaration, I don't necessarily think they were planning on 342 at T. They were probably looking for 353.60 by just after T, but they looked at it and Will Jacks had just got out. Uh, and and so had, had Harry Brook, and now yeah. they were left with Liam Livingston and the tail enders. Well, Liam Livingston was hobbling around on one leg and probably would have done himself no good staying out there longer. And then three the three tail enders, which would have wasted potentially quite a bit of time getting the necessary runs they wanted, could have cost another twenty minutes, say, which is another what five or six overs, which might be the difference between winning and losing, being able to have the time to bowl Pakistan out on the final day and not. So. I think it was a sort of it was a rational practical decision rather than the ideal time it was like let's look at it also you don't lose time during the tea interval for the 10 minutes change of innings as well so it was sort of saving potentially about half an hour which I suppose you could say was giving the Pakistanis a bit more opportunity to win but hopefully England a bit more opportunity to win as well. Yeah, do, do you think actually they wanted more, but they couldn't quite manoeuvre themselves into the position in which that you know they could get? There's those just things. no such perfect thing, is there? It, it, yeah. Well, I, it's, this is a strange analogy, but uh, there's no such thing as a perfect time to have children. Um, you've always got some <laughs> issues, and there's probably no <laughs> perfect time to make a declaration either. Yeah. Well, they're, they're they're difficult, aren't they? And, and what we've seen in the past is that captains, generally speaking, they you know they bolt the game down, don't they? They they get a huge lead and say you can't win, and then they think we're we're going to crush you in that in that final innings. And, and and often you know if you have totally dominated a side, I mean, especially in England, where the, the point is in England there are, there's enough in the pitch, isn't there, on the final day, and often to win the game, and it doesn't matter that you've got you know. 500 runs in the bank, you sort of demoralise the opposition and you bowl them out. And it isn't often teams uh, block out and, and draw these days. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could, we could talk about this for a long time and, de- and debate. And, you know, and, and I, I, I agree that the, the sceptics, if you like, um, it's understandable, but then it, it will probably take a bit of time to sort of see the way that England are playing. Yeah, we are prepared to lose uh, to win the game. And that's exactly what they, they, they said that before the game. And that's exactly what they're doing in this match. It, it, to me, it just seems odd, though. When you, do, you know, do you know, here's a, a fact, Yoz. If England lose tomorrow, yeah, if they do, it will be the first time in the history of cricket, first class and test cricket, that side has scored as many as 657 and lost the game. So in all first class cricket anywhere in the world in the history of, history of the game. And that would be something quite remarkable, wouldn't it, to, to do that? So it just feels odd. It feels odd in a way that the opposition is still in the game when you've dominated in that way. I mean, England was superb today. They, they really were. I mean, they... Um, but... Did, did they need a few more runs? Well, we'll we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. It'll be it'll be, <laughs> be perverse if Pakistan knocked them off with about three three quarters of an hour left or an hour left. You know, we I don't know eight down or something like that. And then you or just look. Look, if they do, I I congratulations <laughs> to them. Tr- yeah. Tremendous uh, performance. They lost a toss on a perfect pitch. Mm. They managed in the, the the first innings their first innings to score nearly six hundred themselves. It's a, a tremendous effort. And if they win the game, they, and then they totally deserve all, all the spoils of victory. Going back to England one more time, just to say, I mean, Harry Brook, I mean, he sort of Fantastic. exceeded himself today, didn't he? he yeah. even, Fantastic. Uh, 150 in his second Test match first innings and almost uh, bettered that today 
with his 80-odd, 87 in, what, 60 balls, was threatening the fastest ever 100 by an England batsman. He's already got the third fastest in the first innings. <laughs> he was almost going to beat his own record before just getting uh, taking one too many liberties. But his his quality of stroke, his certainty of stroke and the range of stroke is just amazing to watch. Mm. Yeah, fabulous. R- r- high-class innings. Uh, he's done a brilliant test match. And uh, from, from the outside, I think there were a few people who thought you know, for, for England to manoeuvre their sort of team into the correct position so they got the balance right and enough options that Brook might miss out in this game. You know, if they were going to play Livingston as a spinning all-rounder and, they were, of course, they weren't going to play Will Jacks to start with because uh, uh, folks had to drop out, you know, they might have needed someone like the pace of Overton to just to unsettle it a bit. That extra pace on a slow pitch can, you know, through the air can sometimes unsettle, especially uh, the lower order. Then, then Brook might be the one to drop out. But actually... Um, I mean, I, I, I wasn't in favour of that because I, I thought this guy is a, is a real talent and he needs to be in the England team. The problem that actually is going to come, Yoz, when, when Johnny Bairstow's fit, <laughs> how are they going to fit everyone into their side, uh, you know, in, in, that, in that batting order? When you, if you think, you know, you've got two openers, you've got Pope who's nailed in at number three, Root who's nailed in at number four, Bairstow who's nailed in at number five, and, and Stokes is the captain. Where does... Brook fit into the team? Does he does he go to the top of the order? Does he does he open the batting? With with nice Zach problem Crawley? to have, lo- lovely problem to have. I, I I guess one option might be to have Johnny Bairstow keeping wicket. Uh, th- those big fans of Ben folks will decry that idea. That's a, a way of getting Bairstow into the side as well without you know you losing your Harry Brook. Um, it's tricky, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's great to have that that issue. I mean, I, I guess in the summer, will Ben Duckett be the ideal option to open in the Ashes? I'm not entirely convinced by him. I think he's he's really good option in the subcontinent. Not entirely sure he's. You know, I, I remember actually watching him bat um, for Northants before he'd moved to Knotts, and he was playing an early season game at Lords very early season game, like the April the 7th or something. And I was sat with the, at the time, the North Ants director of cricket, Nigel Felton, former North Ants and Somerset player. And he said, look, we've got some really good young players here. I'm really excited to see how they go. Uh, here's Ben Duckett was walking out with, with the other North Ants opener. I can't remember who. Uh, Duckett was out about third ball, trying to work a ball from off stump through mid-wicket, caught a cover off a leading edge. And soon after that, North Ants were 44 for nine. Uh, so the um, the director of cricket was covering his head in his hands. I don't think Duckett is the man for seeming pitches. It may be that England have to have a different sort of option for home tests in opening pairs, but away tests like this one, he's he's obviously a good choice. Yeah, well, the, the relishing Pakistan pitches. He's had a good time out here. I mean, out for naught today. But I mean, that was an aggressive shot as well. I mean, he could have left it. He sort of went for a cut shot, and he just got he just feathered it a bit too much, and and was taken at first slip. Uh, sorry, taken a second slip out, out first ball for naught. So one of the a few select band who scored a hundred in a Test match and then uh, been out first ball in the second innings. I suppose you take that, wouldn't you? If you look back at a Test match, rather than scoring two fifties, you'd, you'd love a hundred, and he's, he's got his breakthrough. 100 and yeah, good fair play to him. He'll, he'll play in the second and third test as long as he stays uh, fit 
and well. And, and Joe Root today looked absolutely nailed on for 100. And you know, we, we must, we cannot uh, leave the subject of Joe Root without talking about the fact that he set up left-handed. You know, he plays all those reverse sweeps, but for a while, you know, for a moment, he actually batted left-handed. He went for a, a sweep and was dropped at, at mid-wicket. It was diff- really difficult chance. I'm sure we'll see it again. But you know, this is a, a, a reinvented route as well. He, pl- he played that scoop shot that we saw in the summer. You know, where you put the bat and it goes over your head, and that that came off as well. Before, what about Joe Root batting left-handed then? Well, I think it's totally sensible. I suppose the only thing is, it then does bring into the question of the ball pitching outside leg stump because he was facing a leg spinner bowling round the wicket whose main aim was landing the ball into the rough outside leg stump, which obviously means you can't get an LBW decision. But if Root then stands as an off, as a left-hander, like his brother, of course, is, Billy, yeah. if he stands as a left-hander, then doesn't that mean the ball pitching uh, outside the leg stump is now outside the off stump? And it Absolutely. could be an LBW. If, he's, if yeah. he's hit in line playing a shot, he could be given out from that line. Whereas if he was facing it as a right-hander, he couldn't be given out from that line under any circumstances. So I think the umpires have to kind of think on their feet here whether, well, and I'm pretty sure actually that if you take guard as the left-hander, as he did in that case, he becomes a left-hander in the umpire's mind. Yeah, 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 totally. But I think it makes a lot of sense if you are prepared to take the risk of the LBW possibility. It makes a lot of sense because even though these guys are brilliant at their reverse sweeps and switch hits and so on, there is a lot of movement associated with playing those shots. And uh, to actually be in the position you want to be in at the start of the delivery must be a help. I guess the only uh, downside is that the bowler now knows what the batsman is going to do, whereas you can be slightly put off as a bowler running up the bowl and you're halfway through your action and the batsman swivels round or does something strange at the crease and that is off-putting to the bowler whereas at least now with the bowler seeing Root standing as a left-hander he knows what to expect unless of course Root starts as a left-hander and then swivels and plays a right-handed sweep that would be an interesting one well, that will probably happen sometime as well. I mean, the way they're sort of just rethinking the game and doing lots of different things. And yeah, it's great fun to watch. It's fascinating to watch it. One other thing which struck me today as well, the fact that, of course, England score their runs so quickly means that they, if they were in the field for about 150 plus overs, they were only batting for whatever it was, you know, relatively short space of time. And they're out there again and they're going to be in the field all day tomorrow. It's quite nice. Nackering, actually, when you ju- when you score so quickly and get out so quickly, it, it puts a bit of strain on the on the bowlers, doesn't it? And the and, and the fields and Ollie Pope, who's got to keep wicket again. He was he was back out there keeping wicket after a, you know a long time in the dirt. I suppose the one thing here is the days tend to be a bit shorter. So although you're you're in the field for quite a lot of overs, you're not you know you were not playing these ninety over days. You know there's going to be a little bit of uh, respite because the playing hours are, are you know they they're restricted because of the the, the lack of light. Uh, at this time of year, but it, it does. <laughs> this this method does put some strain on the bowlers. Now I'm going to ask a question. I don't know whether you can see this from the higher levels of the commentary box. How far away are you from the Himalayas? Um, well, we, we 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 certainly can't see them, but I don't think we're that far. I've looked on the map. They're sort of you know they're somewhere out there, um, in 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 the hay in the haze. 
in the haze. I'm asking you that because the last time I was in Islamabad, I did actually visit the Himalayas <laughs> by plane. We took off on the day after the match from Islamabad airport, which won't be that far from where you are. And within half an hour, we were over the Himalayas. And this was a special pleasure flight in a very large plane, a 737, but specifically to give us a tour of the Himalayas. And so we flew up the what's known as the Swat Valley, which is this very high but beautiful valley in, in between the mountains. And then round uh, K2, we flew sort of almost level with K2, the great mountain, uh, and, and then round the back and past Nanga Parbat, I think, was another one. So these are 8,000-foot mountains, the, the really high ones in the Himalayas. Everest is obviously further over towards Kathmandu, so uh, a different section of the Himalayas. But these ones, there's, a, there's about five or six 8,000-foot peaks in the area just north of Islamabad, actually. If you have time, and I don't suppose you will because you've got to get to Multan, but it's there is a pleasure flight you can take, and it is amazing. And it's just incredible to think that, you know, within 40 minutes flying time of this test match, you can be level with an 8,000-foot mountain. So that was a light aircraft, was it? How many seats? It was, a, it was a 737. It was a big, um, oh, it was right. a big, it was a big plane, but it was earmarked for this, for this pleasure flight, which apparently they offer. I, I don't know. Look into it, but it's it's, uh, it's it was amazing actually. I mean, we literally flew parallel. We were allowed into the cockpit, which we probably wouldn't be now, but we, we no. flew literally level, eye level with the peak of K two. It was the most magnificent day. Uh, this time of year, probably not the best actually. Uh, but anyway, it was just lucky that we had a clear sight of everything, and it's yeah. just a, a wonderful sight. And you're actually close to the Chinese border there as well. Yeah. So, just to give you a bit of a geographical ex explanation of where you are in terms of location. Yeah, well, when you, when you when we play in India, we, we I've been to Dharamshala, which is an absolutely mm. stunning place to play cricket. Highest what, highest sight screens in the yeah. world at the back there, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, the, the, the Himalayas, incredible. Yeah, yeah, one one wonderful ground to to play cricket. If you ever get the chance to go there, uh, listeners, you know, take it. It's absolutely stunning. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a bit of a nervous flyer actually, so I'm I, I generally speaking like to have my feet on the ground. I I have memories of taking off at Guatemala. A city airport which has mountains on either side and I think from memory mountains at the end of the valley as well that you take off from so you've got to make sure that plane gets up and up and up and up and up over the the mountains you know in the direction you're taking off from so um, yeah I, I'm not I, I generally speaking like to have green fields and lots of white uh, wide open spaces around me when I take off but we did see the we did see the, the snow on the mountains when we came in uh, to Islamabad airport a week ago so, it's amazing yeah. how near it is actually anyway you'll mm. you'll be relieved then to think that you're driving to Multan six hour yep. drive to the next test match so are you going to be driving to Multan with an England victory in the bag or a Pakistan one well, do you know my my hunch? My hunch is that Pakistan have got a great chance in this game. Uh, you can you know you can see all sorts of scenarios on the last day. I I think Pakistan are right in this Test match. Um, they 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 have got a, th a thin tail, and if England do get a couple of quick wickets in the morning, then that's going to be a big problem for Pakistan. But it's not easy to get players out on this surface. 
Pakistan don't have to play lots of shots. They don't, you know, they only need to sort of tick over at three and a half runs and over. And it won't be easy uh, for England to get these wickets if they, if they come up against a really determined Pakistan side on the on the final day. So I'm not I'm not going for Pakistan, but I think they've got a decent chance. You're, you're going for England, aren't you, Yoz? You're, 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 that's annoying that you said that because I was just going to sort of put a sort of twenty rupee note down and say, <laughs> right, I'm looking forward to getting your money, but. <laughs> You're not prepared to put yours on the on the slate, are you? It sounds like. Oh well, I'm I'm going to stick my neck out. I think England will win. I think it'll be like you said, probably a forty or fifty run win rather than a hundred. But I think it's they've just got the edge, and uh, well done to them if they do. But also magnificent to Pakistan if they win as well. We think, I guess, that the draw is now out of the equation, do we? Well, I, I reckon so. I mean, it's, it's an incredible game in a way. We, when, earlier in the match, you know, when Pakistan was 181 for no wicket at the close of the second day, I thought this game looks like a nailed-on draw. And I think the odds on the, I think the draw was yeah three to one on or something like that. And and yet when England declared, I had a look at the the, the betting markets. I was interested to see what you know what people felt about the declaration, and the. Pakistan became favourites. So after an England declaration, Pakistan became favourites to win, and, and that, sh- uh, in a way, that I think that illustrated the the boldness of of England's declaration. So, yeah, it, it, it's been a. Fl- I mean, it's been a really interesting game. I mean, it's been in a, a bizarre game, really, an unusual game, a unique game, and it, it could be a totally unprecedented game if Pakistan were to win this game. And you know, as Andy Zaltzman, Andy Zaltzman came up with it, no team in the history of of cricket, first-class cricket, has scored 657 the first innings of the match and lost, and and that that could happen uh, tomorrow. But the the pressure of the chase, you know, fourth innings. But you know, we know teams are much better in the fourth innings these days than they used to be, and it is still a very good batting pitch. It's not easy uh, to get people out. So if, if Pakistan, you know, even if Pakistan, I would say Pakistan did lose a few early wickets, you could you could see them still make it difficult for England to win the game by just digging in and showing some you know real grit and determination to put the big block on if it, if it came to that but you, you wouldn't think you would, I would think draw is third favourite at the moment um, possibly ties ahead of the draw I don't know <laughs> but we haven't got many ties in test cricket that, well, that would be something wouldn't it a tie in this yeah. test match but anyway great day in prospect I mean it, it is great for test cricket excellent day in prospect um, and the challenge is there for both sides yeah, definitely. Uh, a fascinating uh, day in prospect. We'll be back to talk about it this time tomorrow. And by the way, if you enjoy this podcast, please give us a review on iTunes because that always helps to get us more followers. Uh, so thanks for listening. Bye for now. Podcast Network.